The Chicago Blackhawks dropped their second-to-last game of the preseason, falling in a shootout to the Minnesota Wild. I'll go over the strong performance from the special teams, the big nights from Ryan Donato and Nick Foligno, as well as Taylor Radish's season preview. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. As always, thank you all for making the show your very first listen. Here to start off your day, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, just a reminder, please be sure to go and smash that like button, comment down below, and sub to the channel if you haven't done so already. If you're listening to the audio version of today's episode, be sure to go and leave me a review. If you like what you're hearing on a daily basis, you can do so on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well for some other cool Blackhawks-related content and clips from the show. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all, as always, for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Last night, the Hawks took on the Minnesota Wild in their second-to-last game of the preseason, the second time that these two teams have faced off against one another here within the last week. But among all the Blackhawks preseason games thus far, not just their last outing against the Minnesota Wild, this one for sure felt the most similar to a regular season NHL game. And of course, we're now just five days away, I believe. Yeah, five days away from the Blackhawks season opener against the Pittsburgh Penguins out in Pittsburgh, Connor Bedard versus Sidney Crosby, which is going to be on national television. Couldn't be any more excited to finally see this team in action, but we got a little sneak peek of what it could look like last night going up against a Minnesota Wild team that iced basically their NHL lineup other than, uh, well, I guess Marc-Andre Fleury is expected to be their backup behind Philip Gustafson this season. He was the one in net for the Wild last night. The Hawks saw Philip Gustafson in their first preseason meeting against Minnesota earlier in the week that I referenced. But yeah, the Wild had most of their NHL regulars out there in the lineup last night, and the Blackhawks kind of responded with the same. I wouldn't say it was quite exactly what they'd like to have for the season opener on Tuesday against the Penguins, but it was something similar. They were, however, still without forwards. Uh, Andreas Athanasiu, who was out with an illness once again, he was seen skating at practice prior to the game, um, but still kind of working on getting his energy levels up and just getting fully revamped. But do expect him to play either tomorrow night and the preseason finale against the St. Louis Blues in St. Louis, or uh, if not, I, I don't think there's any worry that he's going to miss that opener against the Pens. Philip Kershev, though, is the one who could 
potentially be in jeopardy for that season opener. He's battling with a wrist injury right now. Fortunately, he was also skating in the morning prior to this game, but Luke Richardson has kind of expressed some concerns about whether or not Kershev is going to be ready for Tuesday night. So that is something to keep an eye on throughout the course of the weekend. Uh, And then Cole Gutman also got the night off, and I think that's just because the Blackhawks wanted to give another opportunity to uh, Reese Johnson, who in all likelihood is going back to Rockford despite having a pretty solid game last night, which I'll get into a little bit more here in a second. And they also wanted to give Joey Anderson some reps before his fortune is probably the same. He's likely going back to start the season with the Ice Hogs as well. So the Blackhawks had both of those two in the lineup on the fourth line with Boris Kachuk. That unfortunately meant that Mackenzie Entwistle had to get squeezed out because looked like Luke Richardson wanted to keep the line together of Nick Felino, Jason Dickinson, and Corey Perry, which has been really solid together all throughout the preseason. But I did think it was interesting on the back end for the Blackhawks, the lineup decisions that Richardson made for this game, because he went with the lineup that the Blackhawks could go with if they wanted to on Tuesday night. It would be the lineup that has Nikita Zaitsev serving as the seventh defenseman. Now, obviously, Isaac Phillips is still up on the NHL roster right now. But considering Kevin Korchinski, even if he does go back to junior, the Blackhawks are going to want to burn that first year of his entry-level deal. So he's going to be up for at least eight or nine games at the very least during that stretch, given the rest of the Blackhawks roster. I think Isaac Phillips is set to go back to Rockford to start the year, but he could be uh, the first one called up if Korchinski does go back to junior. But the lineup the Blackhawks could roll with on the back end without Zaitsev in the lineup is Alex Vlasic and Seth Jones on the top defensive pairing, Kevin Korchinski and Connor Murphy as the second pairing. They've been together for uh, most of the preseason games that they've been together and in practice. And then Jared Tenorti and Wyatt Kaiser with Kaiser on the off wing playing his right side, which he's shown an ability to do so thus far in the preseason. That would be the third defensive pairing with Zaitsev as the seventh and odd man out. One thing to keep an eye on if the Blackhawks go with that lineup uh, against the Penguins. I wouldn't be too surprised because Nikita Zaitsev did not look good for them late in the season. I haven't thought he's looked all that much better here so far in the preseason. So we'll see if the Hawks will go with that lineup or if they do go with Zaitsev and use Jared Tenorti as the seventh defenseman. But as I referenced, this game in in totality had a really NHL regular season-like feel to it. It was a lot of back and forth, a lot of roller coaster swings throughout the way. Uh, The first period, I thought the Hawks kind of got off to a sloppy start, and we saw the Wild actually cash in for a goal early in this game. Uh, It was kind of the reverse opposite of that game up in Minnesota over the weekend where Mackenzie Entwistle scored just over a minute in. The Wild grabbed the early lead with a redirect goal from Marcus Foligno out in front of the net on a shot from uh, Freddie Goudreau's wrister from the point, both Wyatt Kaiser and Goudreau and Marco Rossi as well. There was a lot of traffic out there in front of uh, Arvid Soderbloom. And then, uh, funny enough, though, Marcus's older brother, Nick, had a response for Marcus's opening goal. Both Felino brothers were responsible for goals in this opening 20 minutes. Nick absolutely housed a shot from the right circle in the dwindling seconds of the Blackhawks power play. That knotted up the game one-to-one after 20 minutes, although I will say, even though it was a, a back-and-forth opening 20, that actually had four penalties in it as well. There was 
kind of a weird flow to the first period. The Wild were definitely the crispier, the crisper team. They had some really good passing plays. They were moving the puck very well. They had it going on early, and the Blackhawks were probably fortunate to have that game tied up one-to-one. But then I thought they responded with their best period of the preseason thus far. That second period, they looked awesome. I believe they outshot Minnesota. 17 to 6, 17 to 7. They go on to take the 2 1 lead. Ryan Donato with a beautiful defensive play to force a turnover in his own zone. And then a great effort play to nudge a loose puck up to Taylor Hall to spring him for a breakaway. And a beautiful move by Taylor Hall to net his first goal of the preseason. That put the Blackhawks ahead 2 to 1 going into the third. But then they went in full shutdown mode in the final 20 minutes, just trying to hold on for dear life. Took a couple of bad penalties along the way as well. And then Wyatt Kaiser, unfortunately, blew a tire behind his own net trying to go and retrieve a puck. That led to Marco Rossi finding Pat Maroon for a bang-bang play wide open in front. That tied the score 2-2 two to two late in the third period. The game goes into overtime. Neither team's able to find the back of the net. We get our first shootout of the preseason, and it didn't look very pretty for the Blackhawks. Connor Bedard uh, kind of got caught doing a little bit too much, which has kind of been the theme for him throughout this preseason. Don't get me wrong, he's looked good and he's flashed his potential, but it does still seem like he's trying to force things a little bit out there on the ice and kind of got caught with one too many moves and then uh, tried to go through his legs and ended up kind of falling flat on his face. It was almost a little welcome to the show kid type of moment. And then Taylor Hall almost like tried to bull rush Marc-Andre Fleury with his shootout attempt uh, when crashing into the boards as well. And I tweeted out like, man, the Blackhawks are just trying to get out of this uh, shootout without getting an injury here. I mean, a a tough first couple of attempts. Uh, Lucas Reichel wasn't able to bury um, the must-score opportunity to keep the shootout going. And yeah, Minnesota winds up taking this one with a 3-2 to win in the shootout, but no harm, no foul. Considering the Blackhawks lineup, I was pretty impressed with how they played for a majority of this game, um, going up toe-to-toe against the Minnesota Wilds best. And I consider them to be a top three, top four team in the Central Division this season. So I thought it was a good sign for the Blackhawks. Um, They did kind of get a little too soft. They almost went full Chicago Bears against the Denver Broncos. I know they didn't blow a historic lead or anything, but they got caught not being aggressive whatsoever in that third period. They only were credited with one shot on goal in the third period. Can't be doing that in the NHL and expecting to win, uh, especially with, you know, I don't mean to call out the Blackhawks or anything, but not the strongest decor in particular. Um, That's not a a method I think Luke Richardson would like to see his team continue with down the stretch of games that they hold the lead in. But I do think they showed some good resiliency, and that's been a common theme of Luke Richardson's team since he's taken over here. Uh, They got outplayed in the opening 20 minutes, but I loved their response in the middle frame. And I think Richardson has shown that, you know, even last year when this team wasn't very good, they found a way to battle and at least make games interesting. They showed fight, and that's much more than the Blackhawks could could say for a couple of years there when they were losing, you know, a lot of games by lopsided margins and dropping eight games in a row. You didn't see that with Luke Richardson in charge last year, and I thought this was a good display of uh, the intensity and the, and the heart that the Blackhawks play can play with under his lead. So a lot of good things from the Chicago Blackhawks last night. A couple other takeaways that I had that I haven't referenced thus far. I thought the biggest takeaway was what a performance from the Blackhawks top line. And honestly, I think it was kind of needed, especially from Ryan Donato, who missed Tuesday's game with a groin injury. Fortunately, just a little day-to-day issue that he had been dealing with. But he was one of the best Blackhawks last night. He led the team with six shots on goal. 
uh, was third among forwards with 20 minutes and 13 seconds of time on ice. And that's something I've noticed with Luke Richardson in this preseason as well, is that he's recognized, you know, when guys have it, when they're playing at their best, and he's been riding them a little bit. I've noticed that with a few guys, uh, Taylor Radish in particular, a few nights ago, I believe he led all Blackhawks forwards in ice time. Uh, and Ryan Donato, what was what was that guy last night for the Blackhawks? Really strong game, was very aggressive, getting the puck on that. And that top line was moving the puck all night long. They did a lot of good things for the Blackhawks. Taylor Hall obviously found the back of the net. I wish it wound up going down as the game winner, but he had a really solid night as well for his first preseason goal. And Connor Bedard, even though, uh, again, I didn't think he played at his best, he showed flashes and, and showed what the upside can truly be. And it really feels like it's just going to be a matter of time for him to explode. You know, he's still going through these adjustments and still figuring things out on the fly. The tools, the skills, uh, the IQ. I mean, he makes just some passes that are just like, wow, he recognizes the game so quickly and is able to pick up what's going on. He's able to read it so fast and make all these heads up plays. He's going to be special. I know he's still looking for that first Official preseason goal, he does have one, but it came in the form of an empty netter, and I know that bugged him, um, but it's going to come, Blackhawks fans. Do not worry. This kid has uh, too much ability for for that uh, drought to stretch for too long. Didn't play at his best again last night, but still made an impact despite uh, not having any points on the board. Got to give credit to the Blackhawks' third line of Felino, Dickinson, and Perry. They've been incredible all throughout the preseason. And I thought uh, Nick Felino was one of the best Blackhawks last night as well. Not only, you know, housing his first goal of the preseason, but I thought he was a really big factor in the Blackhawks, having a lot of success on the penalty kill. Uh, shout out to the Hawks, PK, by the way. They went six for six last night, did a lot of good things, um, and you know, I don't know how many nights we've seen the Blackhawks PK go six for six over the last two years. I know it's a preseason game, but that was certainly a good sign. And Felino was a huge part of it. I also like seeing the kids involved on the penalty kill as well. Lucas Reichel was getting some time on the penalty kill. There was also a report that came out that Taylor Radish specifically asked Luke Richardson to start playing more on the PK as well, which I, I love to hear because it's just recognition that he needs to help out in other areas because that that's kind of honestly what the Blackhawks are going to need down the road from Taylor Radish. They're going to have the skill. At least it sure looks that way. But if Taylor Radish can round out his game, that would, you know, give him a whole nother uh, opportunity in different departments and in different situations. So I love to hear that and the power play as well, just a really good night for the Blackhawks special teams, even though the power play wasn't credited with the goal they did. Nick Felino's goal literally went into the back of the net as the penalty expired. It was a power play go goal. It should go down as one. Technically it didn't, but they, they scored that goal with Minnesota only having four guys on the ice and they were just moving the puck well with their power play all night long. And that shoot first mentality was really prevalent last night. And I love that it wasn't forced either. Like it wasn't that they were forcing shots through and just trying to be overly aggressive. No, they were taking what the wild was giving them. And when they gave them open shooting lanes, they were taking it. I was really impressed with how well the power play was moving the puck. Uh, and I think the Blackhawks have an opportunity. There's so much talent on that top unit um, that I think they could be really good this season. And I'm excited to see it all on full display. And I got to give credit to Seth Jones as well. I thought he had his best preseason game so far by a, by a long shot. Uh, and he's been a huge part of that shoot first mentality on the man advantage as well. Three shots on goal for Seth last night in a team high 27 minutes and 25 seconds. 
Um, but yeah, he's going to get a lot of open looks on that man advantage. And I love to see him wanting to shoot the puck because Connor Bedard, he's going to attract so much attention on that man advantage. Taylor Hall is going to have a lot of looks if he's going to be playing on that top unit. So is Seth Jones. And I love to see that they're wanting to fire the biscuit. Also Arvid Soderblom, Soderblom, Soderblom seems like everyone's going back to Soderblom and no one cares anymore. Uh, he had a really sturdy night once again, despite looking kind of scrambly. And that's kind of been the theme for him this preseason is he's looked scrambly, but he's gotten the job, <clears throat> excuse me, he's gotten the job done. He stopped 25, 27 shots last night, deserved better than the shootout loss. Uh, he was really good, especially in that third period. Um, the Wild could have easily had two or three and taken that game in regulation, but Soderbloom played really well. I'd like to see him be a little bit more easygoing in net and not so all over the place, um, but maybe that's just his style. I guess we're going to have to wait and see, but he has gotten the job done in all of his actions so far in the preseason. You like to see it. I also got to give a shout out to Reese Johnson. Five hits in nine minutes and 45 seconds last night. Got in a fight as well. Absolute wrecking machine. I doubt he wins one of those final roster spots, but a good showing from him. And then Kevin Korchinski, I thought his wheels were on full display once again, as they have been throughout the course of this preseason. He just makes so many great reads and smart plays in the offensive zone and the way that he's able to get back. I mean, it, it really is special, man. He's able to just glide with ease out there and get up and down the ice in a hurry. Regardless of the decision, he's going to be a special talent, but his abilities for sure seem like they could help the Blackhawks right here, right now. And that's going to make for uh, an interesting decision here for Luke Richardson in a couple of weeks. All right, folks, there are my key takeaways from the Blackhawks. 3-2 shootout loss to the Wild last night. Coming up in just a minute, don't go anywhere because I still have to get into another one of my Blackhawks season previews. But first, I need to talk to you all about Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish that you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, then you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for quality candidates when you can do all of that with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like the Indeed Instant Match, Assessments, and Virtual Interviews. And did you know that candidates you invite to apply through instant match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates that only see it in the search? Indeed knows when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have requirements. So visit Indeed.com slash LOCKEDON in all caps to start hiring right now. Again, just go to Indeed.com slash LOCKEDON. Need to hire? then you need Indeed. All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, thank you all for making the show your very first listen. And a reminder, go and smash that like button, comment down below, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. The start of the regular season is just five days away, folks, and you don't want to miss out on all the latest news and updates pertaining to Connor Bedard in the Chicago Blackhawks. I'll have you covered all season long right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Make sure to go and subscribe to the channel if you have not done so already. All right, segment two, it's time to get into another one of my Chicago Blackhawks 2023-2024 season previews. Going today is none other than 25-year-old forward Taylor Radish, who's entering his second full NHL season with the Blackhawks after, of course, being acquired along with Boris Kachuk and two 
first round selections from the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for Brandon Hagel and two fourth round picks. Hagel, of course, has performed really well for the Tampa Bay Lightning and just signed a massive eight-year extension, which good for him. We're happy for Brandon Hagel over here in Chicago, always wishing him the best because he was an incredible watch, an incredible player at a young age and really burst onto the scene here in Chicago. And it was cool to see. But with that being said, there's no denying how well this trade has looked for the Chicago Blackhawks. Of course, it looks even better knowing that Oliver Moore somehow, some way fell to them with the 19th overall pick, which they received from Tampa Bay in this deal. They got another first round pick from the Bolts last year. Andre Vasilevsky is out to start the beginning of the season. Perhaps could be another top 20, maybe even a top 15 selection for the Blackhawks in the 2024 NHL draft. But at that same point in time, I feel like Taylor Radish has held up his end of the bargain since being acquired by the Blackhawks here. And he didn't really get much of an opportunity to showcase his stuff in Tampa Bay, even for being, you know, a former second round pick of theirs. Uh, he just, you know, with, with Tampa Bay being a Stanley Cup contender, it's not really the time where you're worried about prospect development. And us Blackhawks fans know this all too well. And Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk were kind of in the same situation where, you know, they were both in the minor leagues. They kind of burst onto the scene in the 2020 campaign, but didn't really get too much of a consistent opportunity. And then Radish comes right over here in Chicago, immediately gets a top six chance and, you know, showed some flashes. He had six goals and four assists for 10 points in 21 games towards the end of the season. And that led us to last year where Radish pretty consistently played on the Blackhawks second line all season long. And it's in 78 games, he hit the 20 goal plateau for the first time in his career, thanks to a really solid stretch there right at the end of the season. Also added 17 assists for a career high 37 points, a tremendous first season, uh, first full NHL season, I thought here in Chicago. And that's what gets us to right here, right now, and what we're expecting or where we expect Taylor Radish to be in the lineup for the Blackhawks this season because they did make some ads like Ryan Donato and like Taylor Hall and Lucas Reichel is going to be a full-time NHLer. It does seem at this point in time that Taylor Radish is going to be opening up the season on the Blackhawks' third line, but I really would like to see him get some top six opportunities, and I recognize that in the preseason he has gotten that a little bit and really hasn't made the most of it, but I still would like to see him inside the top six for a meaningful stretch of games at some point in the season. Because to me, I've spoken this a lot on the show throughout training camp and throughout the preseason, but Taylor Radish just has more offensive upside than Philip Kershev and Ryan Donato in my mind. And for Donato, he's looked really good. I guess I shouldn't say really good. I thought he looked really good last night. And prior to that was kind of slow to getting used to uh, the top line with Taylor Hall and Connor Bedard. But I still think that Taylor Radish makes sense in terms of the long-term fit and kind of the commitment that the Blackhawks organization has to him. And also his goal scoring ability, I think is uh, the highest upside of any of those three. And I just would like to see him get that opportunity at some point in time, because I do think that he could be a long-term piece and just has more to offer on the offensive side of things than Philip Kurashev does. I also think uh, Taylor Radish could have a spot on the Blackhawks' second power play unit, potentially as the net front presence. We kind of got to see what the power play looks like when everyone gets back to full health. But I do think there's a spot for Taylor Radish as the net front guy. And I believe this would be a really good opportunity for him to learn 
from Corey Perry, who's a really good net front presence. That's been on display for the Blackhawks so far this preseason. And out of anyone that's on the Blackhawks roster right now, I'm not saying Taylor Radish is a Corey Perry-esque. He's probably never going to be that goal scorer and never that big of a pest. But there are some similarities there, both kind of bigger guys. And I think Taylor Radish and the Blackhawks want him to kind of take on that role of being a net front presence. I think it's a really good opportunity for Radish to kind of learn from a, a veteran who's had a lot of success like Corey Perry in that role. So I hope to see Taylor Radish make the most of that if he is, in fact, in that kind of bumper role on the Blackhawks second power play unit. Um, but regardless, he's going to be somewhere in the Blackhawks top nine all season long. That's clear cut. And now it's just kind of into his own hands if he's going to get an opportunity or going to get a bump up in the lineup. As I said, I haven't thought he's had the best preseason, but that's what this time of the year is for, is getting ramped up and getting ready for the start of the regular season. Obviously, you want to make the most of your time, but no harm, no foul that Taylor Radish hasn't been at his best thus far. But it is in his hands now as to whether or not he is going to receive that bump up in the lineup. He's certainly going to have to earn it with uh, the amount of talent that the Blackhawks have brought in to play inside the top six for the season. All right, folks, coming up in just a moment here, I will get into my expectations for Radish this season, as well as some of the projected numbers that I have in a second full NHL campaign. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. Football season is underway, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every single time that they win in the regular season. You heard that right. All you have to do is pick any team to be the Super Bowl winner, and you'll get a bunch of bonus bets every time that they win in the regular season. And you can use these bonus bets to bet on everything from the money line to the point spread, over-unders, and even player props, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And finally, Justin Fields' rushing yards finally hit again last night. I've been talking about how that's really been my go-to bet on FanDuel week in, week out. Regardless, just bet Justin Fields over on rushing yards. It hit week one, went on a little bit of a drought week two, week three, week four. We're back. Justin Fields hit over 47 and a half last night. I greatly appreciate FanDuel. And what I love about them is that they pay me out instantly when my bets win. Again, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. There's no better place to bet on the NFL than FanDuel. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown to start earning bonus bets right now with America's number one sportsbook. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash lockdown. All right, segment three, getting into my expectations for Taylor Radish this season and also what I kind of would consider to be a successful season out of him. I think my biggest expectation for Taylor Radish, since you all probably know, I've been gassing him up a little bit this preseason. I've had, for some reason, a little bit of an attachment to him. I just feel like he could be a really good player and a piece of the puzzle to the Blackhawks moving forward. But my kind of goal for Taylor Radish this year is for him to emerge as a top six player for the Blackhawks moving forward. Maybe not a top line guy, because like I've said, I don't think he's ever going to have that true top up top line upside. And I don't ever really seeing him seeing him being that down the road, but I do feel like he could be a serviceable second line winger that can score some goals, has a big body, uh, can go to the front of the net. I think he's also really quietly good along the boards. I think he's um, a little bit, harder to play against and a little bit physically more prevalent than some people give him credit for. And like I said, I think he just has more offensive upside than Philip Kurashev long-term and Donato probably isn't the long-term 
top line guy of the future along with Connor Bedard, unless he goes absolutely crazy this season. But that's probably what it would take, I think, for Ryan Donato to be considered a top line guy of the future for the Blackhawks. And Chicago just has more of a commitment at this point in time, I think, to to Taylor Radish and, and Philip Kershev and those guys. So I almost think it's kind of like a head-to-head battle between Taylor Radish and Philip Kershev right now to see who's going to be in the top six moving forward because there's going to be some more pieces coming up. The Blackhawks obviously have a ton of money to spend in free agency as well, so I expect them to continue to add in that department. Um, but for for the for the time being, it feels like there's going to be a battle between Philip Kershev and Taylor Radish for that um, final top line spot. But I, I really like to see Taylor Radish build off of last season and go out there and prove that he can be a 20, 25 goal scorer at the NHL level for the second season in a row and prove that he wasn't just a, a one hit wonder. And also, I think just the biggest thing, like I said, not only to become that top six option for the Blackhawks moving forward, but prove to the coaching staff that you are worthy of consideration to be in that spot. Make the front office, you know, consider you a legit second liner or make them have to have some tough thoughts and some tough conversations and tough decisions on exactly what you are. I think if Taylor Radish kind of pushes the gas a little bit and applies the pressure and has a really good offensive season, he could be looked at a little bit differently moving forward. So those are kind of my expectations and what I would make, what I think would make for a successful season out of him. If he can repeat as a 20 goal scorer, I think that would be big. I'd also like to see him continue to develop his playmaking a little bit. I don't ever think he's going to be the most special playmaker, but if he wants to be a second line guy, he's got to take that to another level, continue to just be more rugged and be a good net front presence. I mean, he's six, two, six foot three. He's got to use that size to his advantage. And I do think there's another level for him to get to in that area as well. Um, continue being good along the boards, be good along the four check. And I love to hear Taylor wanting to have a role on the penalty kill. I think that's a really smart idea from him. And uh, it was kind of like what I said about Philip Kershev. I think sometimes you just need to take a look in the mirror and recognize what your situation is and where you're going to provide value to this team long-term. It's probably not in the offensive department. The added bonus of offense, yeah, it'll be great as a third liner, but that's not going to be their bread and butter probably moving forward. So I like to hear Radish recognize that and offer to be of help in other opportunities. I'd like to see him continue to round out his game a little bit more because that could make him a very special third liner one day down the road for the Blackhawks. And just all in all, prove that he's a solid piece of the puzzle here in Chicago. Prove that he's a solid piece of this rebuild and make the Blackhawks really feel like they won this trade with Radish and also with the added help of Oliver Moore and also the first round pick in 2024 that the Blackhawks are going to be getting from the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then the projected numbers, uh, just kind of taking a stab at things. In 82 games played, on an 82-game pace, Radish played in 78 last year, hit 20 goals exactly on the number. I do think it, it might be a little bit of an ask for him to get 20 goals once again. It really took him playing on the top line after the Blackhawks traded away a lot of guys and also a hot stretch in those final like four or five games. And I'm not discrediting him. 20 goals is 20 goals. But I see him being right around the same once again this year. I have him penciled in at 18 goals. I do have him getting a little bit of an uptick in the assist department though. He is going to be playing with more talent than he has ever in his career. I think he can get to 22 or 23 assists. I have Taylor Radish right around 40 to 45 points for the Blackhawks this season. I think that's a fair projection, but if he does find a way to crack a top six opportunity, I can see those numbers certainly going up, but uh, still only a second full NHL season. He's still kind of learning a little bit too. 
Um, but I would like to see Taylor Radish take some leaps, and I'm sure the Blackhawks would as well. And if he does that, then I think the Blackhawks are going to be really considering him uh, a big piece of this puzzle moving forward and really liking what they got from the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for Brandon Hagel. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast. And to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and follow me on Twitter at Jack Bushman too, or you can follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, it's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.